Hey everybody, I'm happy you're here. Welcome to the For the Love podcast special bonus series called Quarantine Queens, which we insist you sing. Quarantine Queens. You know, everything comes in waves and I want you to know that. I am here to tell you that it is 100% possible to start your day with absolute optimism, like thinking to yourself, I am going to be the best version of myself today. Even when everybody else is a disaster, I am totally going Michelle Obama on these people. When they go low, I am going high. And then by the end of the day, you are like sobbing in the empty bathtub with a glass of wine sitting on a garbage can, which is my exact day a few days ago. I was that human woman. That is what teens can do to a human woman who suggests audaciously that maybe we should create a very loose schedule for one part of their day. Internet, the answer on that was no. I'll let you know that right now. God forbid. So I thought, you know what? I'm not the only mom right now trying to sort this out in quarantine. We're sorting out kids. We're sorting out this weird rhythm of our day now where A lot of us are now working from home that didn't before. Plus, our kids are now working from home and all of our rhythms are upset. And so beyond this sort of emotional heavy lifting, relational heavy lifting, there's just like some pragmatic stuff we're all trying to figure out on the fly. As parents right now, how are we supposed to know how to do this? We've never done this before. We're new to this. We didn't see our parents navigate anything quite like this. And so I happen to know two very amazing parents who literally always have good ideas up their sleeves. And we called them and said, can we squeeze into your day for 30 minutes? And they said, yes. My beloved guests today are Jessica and Matthew Paul Turner, who, you know, are good, dear friends of mine. Jessica has been on the show before when she came on to talk about her book called Stretched Too Thin, How Working Moms Can Lose the Guilt, Work Smarter, and Thrive. Such an incredible book and timely right now. Jessica, she mentions this, she's in healthcare marketing and communications, which means her work is very, very intense right now. So her time was so precious to me today. She's also the founder of a super popular blog called themomcreative.com. So her husband is best-selling author, Matthew Paul Turner, which again, if you follow me on socials, you've seen me talk about his children's books a lot. Like When God Made You and When I Pray For You, they are inclusive. They are beautiful. They are so moving. Matthew's books for kids, they're my absolute favorite. So Matthew and Jessica live in Nashville with their three kids. We're going to talk all about that. And they just have a lot of great tips to share today, how they're managing their kids, their days, different sites and tools and subscriptions that are serving their family right now, best practices that they are discovering. This is going to be useful. This is a useful 30 minutes, and I'm so glad you're here. So please enjoy this conversation with my dear friends, Jessica and Matthew Paul Turner. Hello to two of my favorite people, and welcome to the show. Hi, Jessica and Matthew. (laughs) Hello. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Okay, so obviously you guys have three youngish kids in your house right now. Jessica, let's start with you. Will you tell everybody kind of how old your kids are, and then talk a little bit, because this is the reality for so so many of us right now, including me, what it has been like thus far as a working mom, 
trying to wrangle them and distance learning all the same time. And then what's been rewarding, you're always like a silver lining person. So what's been rewarding being at home with your kids as you are, you know, as you say, stretch too thin. So our kids are in fifth grade, third grade, and pre-K. And they are all at different schools. One is in private, and then one is in public, and then one's at like a daycare little academy. And they all have different academic needs. So our oldest, who's in private school, he's doing full-on distance learning. They've got a schedule for him every day. Classes are just kind of the same, but on his iPad. Whereas our third grader, our little girl, Adeline, she has some packets that we've downloaded from the district, but no real schedule. They're not doing grades or anything. So I feel like Matthew and I have tried to cobble together a homeschool-ish schedule for her. She is very motivated to read and write and create, and she needs that stimulation. So we've done that for her. And then poor little Ezra. I mean, he just is in a program where he's playing and writing letters, and that's about the extent of his day. So also trying to make sure that he's stimulated and that none of them are getting too much screen time, although they're definitely all getting more screen time than what is normal, right? And then I have a full-time day job working in healthcare. So it is insanity right now for me. So while I'm working remote, we all are working remote in my office. I'm fortunate to not have to be at the hospital for my role in marketing. It is very, very, very busy. The busiest I've probably ever been in my nine years at the medical center. And so that is hard because most of that is falling on Matthew. But that said, It's been so great for me because I've never been at home with my kids ever. I have been a working mom always. And so with the exception of postpartum and some surgery recoveries, this is literally the most I've ever been with my children on a day in, day out basis. Because even when we had babies, the other ones were in school or whatever. So it's been great to get little bits of time with them throughout the day to not have to commute. That is saving me close to two hours a day. So that's giving me a lot more time to do other things that I enjoy and just more time with them. We've also been going on daily walks, which has been really fun. Ezra is the most excited about it every day, which is just adorable to me. He's like, when are we going for our walk? And have you seen that story? Time Magazine did it about the bear hunts that people are doing in their community. Yes. Okay. So I made a little flyer and you can get it on the Mom Creative. We'll make sure people have a link where we went around to people's mailboxes and asked them to put bears in their windows because we have a couple of people doing it, but not a lot in our neighborhood. And it has been so fun every day going for walks and discovering new bears in people's windows. So that's been really, really fun. And I think will be a sweet memory once we get past this that our nightly walks looking for bears. That's so cute. That is so like you to both organize and execute. Very, very on brand for Jessica. I love that. I mean, we're all learning how to do this in the moment. You know, we don't have any precedence for it. We don't have anybody to tell us how to manage this moment in history that we've never experienced. But have you learned anything at all or that you're putting into practice in terms of working from home? Because I'm like you, I'm working from home and my job is increased right now, not decreased. And so it's this weird pressure cooker of having more to do for my work. But then all these kids are here with a whole host of new needs, including schooling and even just emotional lifting. You know, they've got a lot of feelings in this too. So anyway, 
I don't really know what my question is, except have you found anything that is serving you right now? Any rhythms, any boundaries, whatever it is. Yeah. So as it relates to work, one thing that I'm finding to be really helpful is creating a list for myself at the end of my workday for what I need to accomplish the next day so that I know what I've finished, what I am going to need to do at at the start of the day to kind of give me some tracks that these are the things that I need to get accomplished. Also, I think it's really helpful for our kids, at least with the ages that my kids are, they're of course younger than yours, is setting expectations of what you can do. So I might say, Mommy's got this call from 10 to 11, but then I'm going to take a break and Ezra, I'm going to read a story with you, or then we're going to have lunch or whatever so that they have an expectation of, okay, mommy's doing work for this period of time, but then I can interrupt her. You know, we can do this thing, or this is something that we can look forward to. Um, You know, kids are just little people and they like looking forward to things. So I think if I can say to them, this is what we're going to do, this is what's coming next, that's really helpful for them in any stage, but I think particularly with what we're managing right now. That's amazing. So Matthew, Jessica's work is less flexible than yours. And so this means right now you are taking more of the reins with the kids while they are home 24 seven, like the rest of ours. So can you talk about how your kids specifically have been processing this, this new set of circumstances and then specifically What are you doing? What are you finding that is working right now to help them feel safe and secure and heard and just whatever it is as we're trying to kind of keep the emotional wheels on for our kids? For me, when it comes to like, how am I talking to my kids about this? It really depends on which one I'm talking to. Ezra, he's my youngest. He's five. He knows that he does not like the corona, but that's all that he, (laughs) you know, that's all that he understands. I'm a believer in helping my kids have enough information to not be afraid and not be out of the loop on things, but not so much information that it is constantly ringing in their ears. And with my son, he's very pragmatic. He's a lot like his mom. He's very organized. And Adeline is a four. She's just like me. And so like she takes it all on. And so she feels it all. So I try to balance those, but I want to be able to engage them let them know that there is what's going on, give them enough information so they don't feel out of the loop, but then also have moments throughout the day and say, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Usually you can tell by how they're interacting with their siblings. You can tell how what's going on. Totally. And oftentimes when they are having a an emotional moment or a moment, because not all, you know, an emotional moment's not bad, but when they're not happy, it's one of those things where I take a moment to just fully engage them. Now, when it comes to schooling, Jen, I, I'm flying by the seat of my pants like everybody else. You know, we compare it to homeschooling, but I've been told that what we're doing is not homeschooling. That's right. You know, we are crisis schooling. That's right. I think we have to put away the expectations that we have on ourselves. That's good. Certainly, Jessica and I are a nice balance in the sense of how we do things because she is so organized and so together when it comes to having ideas and a very outlined plan. And I am very good at messing up that plan (laughs) (laughs) or not being as on the mark uh, as she is. So I think that we balance it out and it creates an organized day, but not overly formatted. 
That's a great balance too. And I like the advice, which is kind of reading the moment, reading the kid. Last night, you know, our kids are all teenagers. They're big. So we're on the other side of the thing. And Remy, against our advice, and we've just decided not to micromanage this because they're 14 to 22. And this is their moment to shine and to be responsible. But, you know, we just said, I wouldn't wait too late in the day to do your homework because you're just losing steam. And she waited. It's like seven o'clock at night. She's absolutely falling apart. She is falling apart. She's lashing out at everybody. And I was like, okay, I can either take this bait or I was like, I can tell that you just are super overwhelmed right now, aren't you? Like, this is overwhelming. Let's just close the laptop. Let's me and you like just walk around the block. And, you know, it's weird because we're managing all of our own fear and all of our own uncertainty. Our work is affected. And then we have all these kids in the house. And some of yours are small enough to not even really know what's going on, but just know that all the rhythms are weird. So Mike, hats off to every parent right now who feels like they're doing a not great job at this. There's a lot of grace to be had, and we're all doing the best we can. Matthew, back to you. Obviously, you are just an incredibly gifted author. Your specialty to me is your children's books. This is just your gift in the world. So you've been doing live readings. This is such a good use of your influence. You've been doing live readings on Facebook and Instagram of your books. And on Sunday, April 19th, as your last reading, is this right? Which kind of coincides with Earth Day. Yeah. So I would love to hear you talk a little bit about, number one, how can people tune in? And then share a little bit about how talking to our kids about God's creation during this time can be helpful when that whole concept seems wobbly. It's been so much fun. Unlike Jessica, I don't do a lot of live stuff. So this is way out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways. But it's been fun to, first of all, see other authors of children's books do all of these live readings and offer their books up for taking all the rights, making them all free, giving them a permission to be able to read it you know, teachers and pastors and whatever to read their books. And so when I looked at what they were doing, I tried to think, how can I fill a role? And Jessica and I were just talking about it. And and I thought, hey, let's do these Sunday morning readings. And so we started doing that. And you can go to my Facebook page and you can also tune in live on Instagram. So it's both simultaneously. It happens at the same time. So would love for you to tune in. It starts at 11 a.m. Central. Got it. But when it comes to creation, I think for me, Jen, it's the one thing that's constant. When I walk outside, spring is still happening. Yeah. The grass is still growing. The flowers are still blooming. And so for me, it's a great reminder that there's something in this story that we're living right now that is constant and present and we can go out and still experience it, even though it might be in a different way than what we are used to. And so I think that talking about the world right now and the planet is so important because it's the thing that's still spinning. Your kids can see that the sun's still coming up, the moon's still showing, the stars are still shining at night if it's not cloudy. And so it gives us something to see God all around us. It gives us a chance to see God's handiwork in our everyday just by walking outside into our backyard. I think that that has been helpful for me. And I know just for my own sanity, just getting out and walking by myself, having some solitude 
once a day, you know, getting out in the nature. And that just sort of grounds me a little bit. It's been an important role. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Everybody, I am delighted to share one of my favorite new sponsors with you. International Justice Mission is the largest anti-slavery organization in the world. They work to rescue people out of slavery and sex trafficking and walk with survivors until they are thriving in freedom. I actually traveled to Rwanda on a joint trip with IJM and Noonday Collection. And when I saw IJM's work up close, I was blown away by the work they're doing. Blown away. IJM is literally run by some of the most effective leaders in the world. So in times like these, IJM stories remind us that on the other side of tragedy, there can still be hope. I'm going to share one of the stories with you right now. So in South Asia, a woman named Tayama was trapped in slavery at a wood cutting facility along with her husband and her daughter. They were forced to sleep on the ground like animals. And so one day Tayama realized she was pregnant and she just knew she needed a way out for her family. IJM's team heard about slavery in the facility and came to investigate. And so Tayama told local authorities about the abuse fellow slaves had experienced. And on that day, Tayama and her family and 12 others were set free. By this time, Tayama hadn't felt her baby move in over six months. But after a blood transfusion and treatment, Tayama felt her baby kick in her stomach again. And soon after, she gave birth to a healthy baby boy named Bablu. Bablu just celebrated his birthday. And you guys, between him shoving cake into his mouth and his sister giggling in the background, their joy is so infectious. Go to IJM.org slash share hope now to watch the whole video of Babalu's birthday and more stories of hope and share them with your friends. So we need these right now. This is the stuff we need. So go watch at IJM.org slash share hope now and just share these incredible stories of like resiliency and recovery with your friends today. Okay, back to the show. Jessica, what I have said for years about you is that you're the number one person who knows things. I wonder right now for the listeners, would you mind listening or naming or describing or whatever, a few tools or resources or whatever in your life, whether it's stuff for the kids to do right now or a meal planning or any resource out there that is making this quarantined season of your life a little bit easier. And let me say this real quick to everybody listening. We will link all these over on the podcast page. So if you, at jenhatmaker.com, we'll make sure you have a link to every single thing Jessica's about to say. So don't feel like you need to grab a pen at the speed of lightning right now. We'll get it for you. Okay. So first I'm going to start with a couple things for kids, because I do think that it is really helpful if we can use a few of these things so that we can get our own work done. So some of the ones that Matthew and I have been using is Blueprint. Have you heard of Blueprint Nope. before? Okay. They are owned by NBC. They used to be a company called Craftsy years ago, and they have like 1300 classes in every genre you can imagine related to creativity and creativity is pretty broad in scope. So So gardening, cooking, baking, drawing, writing, sewing, embroidery, quilting, 
exercise, all of these different classes, all different lengths, and they have kids ones and adult ones. And so I've been loving that and the kids have been loving it because I could say, okay, guys, today you're doing a kids writing workshop and they are taught by writers and people who are just phenomenal in their fields. It's awesome. 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 One of the best things that I think I have discovered during this period. Another one are subscription services like KiwiCo, which has KiwiCrate, TinkerCrate, DoodleCrate. We've been subscribers to them since Adeline was one and she's about to be nine. So a long time. These are monthly kit clubs that are focused on science and creativity, and they come right to the door. Literally, as soon as this outbreak started, I think the second day we were home, I had a doodle crate for Adeline and a kiwi crate for Ezra, and Elias said, Mommy, I think I want you to sign me up for Tinker Crate again. I think I'm going to need that right now. And so that's great to just give the kids a box, and they can have at it. It's hours of fun. So those have been really great. Another one that we discovered, Matthew actually found this one on YouTube, is there's this YouTube channel called Art for Kids Hub. It's got over 2 million subscribers. Have you ever heard of it before? Wow, no. Gosh. I mean, totally new to us too. I think it's actually closer to 3 million subscribers. It's amazing. It's a dad and his kids teaching kids how to draw and they're short lessons and no joke, Ezra to Elias that's a big span of ages, are all sitting drawing the same character. Every day, they will sit for 30 minutes doing these little art lessons. They're awesome, awesome, awesome. Totally free right on YouTube. Then a few that are saving us from going outside are ordering from services like Amazon, which we're all doing right now, using services like Shipped to have groceries delivered and essentials delivered. Also, Grove Collaborative. We've been able to get paper towel and soap from Grove when we couldn't find it anywhere else. They've been a huge one for us. Another one has been using meal services. I don't know. You're such a foodie. If you ever use like Home Chef or Plated or Blue Apron, any of those, we really love Home Chef and have been getting some meals from them, which has been really nice to cut down on you know, what we're getting from the grocery store and also be trying some new recipes, which is fun when you're at home so much that you've got some, you know, you've got more time you feel like to explore, you know, doing new things in the kitchen. So that's been great. And then one of the last one that I'm going to say are just book subscriptions like your book club. I mean, knowing that I'm going to get a new to me book every single month is really good for me right now. Mm, I think reading is so life-giving for so many people. That's right. Oh my gosh. Those are incredible. What an incredible list. One of the first things that Jessica ever said to me when we first met each other was that people love getting mail. And I think that in this time, especially just getting those little packages, getting those little things that you have ordered, those subscriptions. I mean, the kids love it. Jessica loves it. I mean, you know, when I got my Birchman box, I loved it. You know, I mean, it's like, it's oh, I one heard of those about things. that from you guys. Yeah, (laughs) you are my source for that. Also, you guys, you are not wrong. That's a really good point, Matthew. I should have said this. One of the things that we're having the kids do every day is write letters. And that's such an analog thing. But I do really believe in the power of mail and the power of just sitting down and sending a handwritten card. And that's a great thing for your kids to do for us to be doing. I've sent some cards to friends during this time. And, um, you know, that's just a really easy, simple thing to do, but does bring a lot of joy when like the extent of our excitement is walking out to our mailbox it's every day. so true. <laughs> We've got to be able to maximize the one place we can go, the mailbox. <laughs> so, okay, Matthew... You have been writing really beautiful weekly prayers for Sunday story time, especially beautiful one with 
about being the light God created us to be. And I wondered if you would mind sharing that prayer right now with the For the Love listeners and the inspiration behind it. Jen, my I guess my gift, what I hope my gift is, is that I give people and parents and kids words to, you know, parents words to speak over their kids and hopefully words to give kids to express a little bit of how they're feeling or what they're thinking to God. And so when I first started doing the live readings, I just decided that I was going to write a prayer for the first one. And then it just sort of became a thing. And so I have written prayers for each week. When I read the book, my book, When God Made Light, this is the prayer that I wrote. Dear God, thank you for this new day. Thank you for springtime. Thank you for green grass and tiny buds on trees and for bumblebees and flowers. And even though many of us cannot go outside and enjoy the beauty of spring like we usually do, we are so grateful that we're able to see you in the nature that surrounds us. But we also know that many people are hurting right now. All around the world, families are separated and not able to gather together because somebody is sick or somebody is helping someone who is sick. We ask that you be with those people today. Be with the mommies who are doctors and using their talents to bring healing to those who are unwell. Be with daddies who are sick and unable to hug the people they love the most. Be with all the people who are in charge of making big choices on behalf of cities and towns and countries. Give them wisdom and mercy and hope to make good choices, choices that help people get better and stay healthy. And God, help us to do our part in bringing light into the world. Help poets to write poems. Help singers to sing songs. Help artists to create beautiful things. Help bakers to make yummy treats. Whatever talents or passions you have put inside our hearts, help us to use them to shine light on those who are overwhelmed or tired or scared or lonely or sad. Help us to be the light that you created us to be as we watch nature bring new life into our world during spring. May we also do our part to make the world around us new again. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. 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 You two, we are asking three questions of our guests in this quarantine series, in this weird new world that we're living in. So I'll ask the question and then Jessica will start with you and then jump over to Matthew. What is a practice or a habit that you've started during this crisis that keeps you specifically grounded as we kind of are just staring down so much like chaos and the unknown? So I started this just before all of this. In January, I took my first embroidery class. Oh, and Matthew bought me this class. I had wanted to do it for two years. And so he bought the class, registered. I had to go. And I'm obsessed with it. Like I wake up thinking about, okay, can I stitch for 30 minutes before I get started in the day? And it has been so, so life-giving to do something with my hands. It's such a slow, beautiful process. And 
and there's an incredible embroidery community online and so many people that I follow now are embroiderers. Instagram basically only shows me embroidery pictures now. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. That's awesome. You just sent me a picture the other day. You texted me a picture of your embroidery. So you are telling the truth. Yes, <laughs> I'm a grandma. Yes, it is. You're a grandma and I love it. Okay, Matthew, how about you? You know, I don't know if too many people know that I do this, but I have been doing wood carving for a while now. And I just started carving walking sticks. I'm working on my second walking stick. And the first one's just, it's pretty ugly right now. No, and so it isn't. I, <laughs> yeah, like, it, yeah, I know it's you not. Know what I, but it's not, I know it's not. It's not. I wish it was prettier. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. Uh-huh. But, but anyway, I that, that's, so that's awesome. one of the things that I've been doing. For so. everybody listening, like when you hear Matthew say, well, I do a little like wood carving. It was either last year or the year before, Matthew. He gave me one of his pieces. I will post a picture of it so you can see what he's talking about. This isn't like you're like seventh grader whittling a little tiny piece of wood. Like, wait until you see this masterpiece. It'll shock you. I mean, I was shocked when I saw it. It's a weird talent you have. And then you guys both know this last question, which we ask all the time at the end of every episode. And answer this however you want, you guys. Like, they run the gamut. So we'll start with you, Jessica. Barbara Brown-Taylor's question. What is saving your life right now? I think making new recipes. I made a New Year's resolution to make 40 new recipes this year. Oh, yeah, you did. And I wanted to start using the cookbooks that I buy and never use. And so I thought, okay, 40 would be not quite one a week. Well, I have blown through that. I'm already at over 30 new recipes. And that has been really fun for me every week thinking about the new recipes that I can make, especially because now that I'm home at 5 o'clock instead of getting home at 5.45, it's giving me more time to even do those during the week. So. Oh, that's great. I love that. Okay, how about you, Matthew? It's kind of in the same vein as just baking is a very relaxing, peaceful thing for me. Like the process, there's something about the process. So I've been baking bread and it's something that I was, I could, for a long time, anything involving yeast, I was afraid of. And so like, I just didn't engage it. A friend of mine sent me her book. It's called Ready, Set, Dough. It's the only time I've made pizza dough that I thought this might Come close to Jen Hatmaker's pizza dough. And I like, but maybe not. I mean, it's one of those things. But it, there's just something about the process that has been healing and hopeful and um, and just giving me something to do. And you know what? People love bread. <laughs> so, oh, you know, like, that's I, nobody doesn't love bread. And you know what else people love? A house that smells like baking bread. That just sounds nurturing right now. I wish that's what my house smelled like. My house smells like teenage boys. Yeah. <laughs> so lucky you. Well, you too. You know, I love you both. I really do. And it was really good to just see your faces. Thanks for coming on today. Can't wait to have like a real life reunion, like full frontal hugs. There's going to be absolutely no restraint. Yeah. Absolutely. No restraint. Absolutely. <laughs> Sure do love those two. As mentioned, we will list every single thing that you heard in this episode over at jenhatmaker.com underneath the podcast tab. Okay, so we'll have all the links that they both mentioned, plus links to their socials, to Matthew's books. It'll be a one-stop shop for you. We just really want this quarantine series to serve you. That's literally it. My team is working double time and thought, let's just do what we can in this weird new world and really, really hope that these are helpful and useful episodes for you. Guys, also do not forget to tune in right now to the regular For the Love podcast series, which is circulating all around the content of 
Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire, my new book that comes out on April 21st. We packed that series with the greatest guests. I mean, it's an all-star lineup. You will not want to miss a single episode, I'm telling you. And if you've missed any, go back and pick them up as we have really just funneled into that material and the people who I believe are embodying it best in the world right now. So that is at the For the Love podcast. The Fierce series is also a real joy to bring to you. I don't know if you heard the news, but I am delighted to tell you two things. Number one, the April 14th in-person live event has been rescheduled for September 9th in Dallas, same venue, September 9th. And most importantly to everybody listening, number two, the April 14th event is also going to be transformed into a webcast, Woo! which will be coming straight to your screen on April 30th, April 30th. And my lovely special guests that we're going to hang out with this, Brene Brown and Angela Johnson, will still be joining us for the webcast the greatest women. And now so many more of you are going to get to experience this. So how do you join the webcast fun? Super easy, you guys. First, if you already bought a ticket to the Dallas event, you're in. Okay. Second, if you've pre-ordered my new book, Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire, in any format, any vendor, you're in. And third, if you're in the Jen Hatmaker Book Club, you're in. So all you have to do is go to jenhatmaker.com slash fierce event and register for the webcast. So easy. You have to register even if you're in one of those categories. That's just kind of how the platform works. So go register. And if you're not eligible for the webcast yet, we want to have you. We would love to have you. So to be eligible, you can either buy tickets to the rescheduled live event on September 9th or just pre-order the book. Pre-order, fierce, free, and full of fire, any vendor, any format, and then boom, go register for the webcast. That's it. That's how you get in. So how fantastic is this? How fantastic is this? We are so excited to bring this to you. You can do all of these things at jenhatmaker.com slash fierce event. Hey, thanks for being here, you guys. We still have podcasting. We have that right now. So on behalf of Laura and her team and Amanda and I, we sure do love you, podcast community. We sure do. And it's a joy to serve you. See you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.